We are I. Good morning, everybody. Today, well, actually it was yesterday, but like the realization of, you know, what happened yesterday in Canada is really starting to sink in. You know, I've had multiple conversations in the last, I don't even know, like months, but like specifically within the last week, because I'm really starting to understand how broken government policy is in Canada. Now, I think we all kind of a general understanding of, you know, the dictatorship and the tyranny that, you know, Canada is, you know, well, that's being forced upon Canada for lack of a better analogy. But when we look at this Emergencies Act, that's supposed to be, you know, only issued and only being tabled and only being brought to light during times of like real war, like actual war. That's why it used to be called the War Measures Act. Then it got watered down a little bit. But when we look at how broken this policy is, like, let's dissect this for a minute. So Justin Trudeau has a a minority government. So right then and there, there should be a huge roadblock. And the only way that he could even come close to pushing something like this through is if he forms a coalition government, which he has with the NDP, which before that Aaron O'Toole got ousted from the Conservatives, there pretty much was a coalition government amongst all three parties, well, three major parties, the NDP, the Conservatives, and the Liberals in Canada. Because Aaron O'Toole never actually opposed, he was never actually the opposition. It's the reason why he got ousted. But this is how broken policy is in Canada, that Justin Trudeau can think that it's a good idea to implement the War Measures Act upon Canadians because he despises and disagrees with them. And he's made this very clear that he despises unvaccinated people. Which is, that alone is insane for a prime minister to be adamant and stand course about how he absolutely despises unvaccinated Canadians. But he implements the War Measures Act on day one, which is supposed to go to the MPs in the House of Commons for a vote before it can get enacted. And on top of that, then it has to also go to the Senate for a vote before it gets enacted. Like, that's how serious this is. That... Nobody, even with a majority government, you can't unilaterally pass the Emergencies Act. It has to go to House and it has to go to the Senate. But he implements this on day one, unilaterally. Then what happens is because they set up this red zone where nobody is allowed in, They have to shut down Parliament because it's around Parliament. So the MPs can't even vote on it. So he buys himself a day. And then they go in and they don't actually even vote on it. They discuss it for two days while everything's happened. Police horses are trampling on elderly women. People are getting beat by cops, knees and smashed with the butt ends of their rifles. And there's major conflict, never mind in that time period, in those three days, the reason why that you wanted to implement the Emergencies Act, now all the trucks are gone from Ottawa. There's still protesters, but they have the right to be be there. 
all the blockades at the borders are gone. And you still want the Emergencies Act, but it still hasn't gone to the House of Commons for a vote. So on day four, when it actually gets to the House of Commons for a vote, everything is done. General peace in regards to those two specific situations, the um, trucker convoy in Ottawa and the blockades of the borders. Those two things are gone. So why are we voting on this now? Why does it even need to be instilled? Why does it need a, a debate? She say, mission accomplished. We're done. Because this has nothing to do with those people being there. Absolutely nothing. Because there's been liberal supporters who remain nameless, who are actual sitting liberal MPs. And the same thing with the NDP. They know right now that the NDP and the liberals are down in the polls. They know that the conservatives would form a majority government. So if they voted against this, then it becomes a confidence vote. And they know it would trigger an election. And the conservatives would win. And the conservatives would form a majority government. So then the liberals and the NDP, they wouldn't have a coalition government against the conservatives, which they then, quote unquote, lose their jobs. So these liberal MPs and these NDP MPs know this and they voted for it simply to the fact that they didn't want to trigger another election. Not that they believed that this thing should pass. Not that they believe that this is the right thing to do. And if almost 70% of the people in Canada want to end everything to do with COVID, that means that these people are, again, this is another egregious example of MPs not representing their constituents. So in my mind, again, fail policies. Why when these kind of decisions have to be debated? That there's not a digital way that people, that MPs, in their writing, you have to log in with your address. You have to log in whatever, whatever secure way that you can do to be able to prove that that person lives in a writing and you can cast a vote and your MP has to vote based on the majority decision of the constituents in their riding. Then that MP goes to the house and it takes the politics out of it. And it takes all the political gameplay out of it. It takes backing your buddy out of it. It actually represents what's happening in your constituency because your constituents have voted and you go and you represent their voice because that's the job of an MP. And that's not what happened. They wanted to hold on to their cushy little job in the House of Commons because they know that they would be ousted. So, of course, this thing passes 180-something to 150-something. Because it has nothing to do with whether or not it should be there. Would you vote yourself out of your job? Of course you wouldn't. It's the same way that these motherfuckers can vote for their own raises. And not only that, is then when they vote, and this is so serious, and we're in a state of an emergency, in such an emergency on sovereign soil, that we need to implement the Emergencies Act, now they take a week off. They take a fucking week off work. They're not even coming back until next Monday, like February 28th or whatever it is. Like how fucked up is that? If we are in an emergency on sovereign soil where the Emergencies Measure Act has to be implemented, there's no MPs that should be taking a day off. 
They should be in the House of Commons every single day debating these topics. You don't get a day off when there's a national emergency of that scale. Again, this proves the political gameplay and how the trampling of our charter rights and our constitutional rights has nothing to do with whether or not that should be happening. It's the political gameplay. And this is what I've realized about the policy. Now it's going to the Senate. So today, this Emergencies Measures Act is being talked about in the Senate. Well, people, senators are not elected. We don't vote for senators. More than half of the senators right now in the Senate have been appointed by Justin Trudeau, who allegedly claim themselves to be independent. But the guy at the helm who has the minority government who wants to implement this, is the one who gave you your job. Again, if you vote against this, you're pretty much voting yourself out of a position. You're not going to gain the favor of your buddy anymore. You're going to lose that credibility amongst the, the senators. Like, how is that just? That you can get your buddies to be able to vote on something that should never have got to the level that it's at and should have been struck down in the House of Commons and most importantly should have never been implemented until it had the decision by the Senate because even the House of Commons can approve it and then the Senate can reject it and it doesn't go down. But by the time that the Senate votes on it today, even if it is today, say it is today, by end of day today, they vote on it. That means that it would have been enacted for five days and who knows what has been passed and what has gone through behind our backs that we don't even know about. So how can something as extreme as the War Measures Act be implemented on Canadian citizens for five days before it has gone through due process? Now you've had people all across Canada have had their credit cards frozen and canceled. You've had their bank accounts frozen. They can't even access their own money. They've had insurance policies canceled. They've had their credit ratings destroyed. All without due process because of this Emergency Measures Act. That hasn't actually even passed the standard of test going through the House of Commons and the Senate yet in Canada. But yet it has been enacted and people have had their rights and their freedoms trampled on. Even after a judge implemented an order saying that protesters can be in Ottawa, and you see in the way that police treated them, and said that they weren't allowed there, even journalists are not even allowed to be able to cover the story. No cameras, no filming, no reporters. You've had reporters getting shot with tear gas canisters, and now the police are under investigation by the Ontario something inspection agency of police conduct and behavior for the horse incident and for the reporters getting shot with those tear gas canisters and the police shooting rubber bullets into the crowd. That was fucking Vancouver police shooting the tear gas canisters and the rubber bullets. There's an active investigation on all of those events now because of police brutality. And this is exactly the reason why that we should never have something like the Emergency Measures Act implemented in giving police a known force to be able to push the bar way too far. Give an inch and take a hundred miles. This is exactly what they've done. This is exactly what Trudeau has done and is going to do. This is why we're supposed to have the checks and balances, but our policy is a facade and we see this all the time. But even the most extreme examples have no actual checks and balances. Tell me why. Tell me why. 
why we do not have a digital voting system for constituents in constituencies across Canada that tells our MPs how to vote, not them. Not them thinking I'm voting for my constituents. That's bullshit. That is absolute bullshit. They are voting along party lines, not along their constituents' lines. We have no voice in the House of Commons. We may have at one point in time, but it is absolutely clear right now when you have 70% of Canadians that they don't want any of these COVID mandates, but you have a prime minister doubling down on that who is losing in the polls, who if there was an election today would lose his seat as prime minister and have to bow out and fade out to black. You tell me how the citizens of this amazing nation have a voice in the House of Commons. We don't. It's a facade. I'm really starting to realize this. And I realized for 38 years, I've walked through this life ignorant as fuck about what's actually going on behind our backs because it's just, it's so bad. You don't even know where to begin and fix it. And we're seeing this right now. We're seeing this right now in Canada when you have the rest of the world Like you have protesters around the world saying, go Canada, you need to fight this tyranny. And when you have other political officials around the world condemning Justin Trudeau, when you have all the civil liberties groups in Canada fighting back against Justin Trudeau and filing lawsuits, when you have two premiers filing lawsuits against the federal government, when you have a gentleman, a former premier who helped pen the Charter of Rights and Freedoms in Canada suing the federal government. Like how more obvious does it need to be to average Canadians like I used to be until I started paying attention to what's going on in this country? It is absolutely disgusting. Canada is falling. And the question of the day is for everybody is what are you willing to do about it?